Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Joe Galati. This podcast is sponsored by Liver Specialists of Texas, caring for those with liver and digestive issues since 1994. Reach us at drjoegalati.com for more information and details. If you'd like more information about the liver, some abnormal labs you've been told about, or simply want to see us for a liver checkup, we're available for consultation. We also have expertise in fatty liver and weight loss if you've been struggling with that as well. While you're at it, stay in touch with us and sign up for our newsletter. Every week, tens of thousands of people, just like you, get our newsletter delivered every Saturday morning to your inbox. We share the latest in health and wellness and what we're doing in the clinic and online with our weekly iHeart and SiriusXM radio programs, webinars, which by the way are free, and other learning activities. Head over to drjoegalati.com and click the newsletter tab. Make sure you take a moment to click the follow button so you don't miss a single podcast episode and share this content with your community. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the most recent podcast episode. Today is Thursday, December 15th. And earlier today, we broadcasted our latest installment on Sirius XM channel 129, which is the Catholic channel. And we do that program about once a month compared to our weekly iHeartRadio program. And today we interviewed Al Danto. Now, Al, as I explained in the podcast, is a very, very dear friend of mine, one of my closest friends and really confidants. And Al recently went through a really a really major medical problem involving a meningioma in his brain, which is a non-cancerous tumor of the brain, but nonetheless quite spectacular, complicated by COVID, complicated by a huge near-life-ending pulmonary embolism. And after a very protracted hospital course and all kinds of setbacks, he survived and is uh, now able to share his story. And on the Catholic Channel, we get into our faith and our Catholic beliefs and our Christian beliefs and adds a slightly different human element to the podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. It's very insightful and and quite moving when you hear Al explain it. It's three segments, and I do hope that you enjoy it. Don't forget, always reach out to us, our website, drjoegalati.com. It's always great to hear from our followers and our listeners and tailor the topics and material that you, our audience, most wants. So enjoy it and stay in touch, and Merry Christmas to everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the program today. You're tuned into the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM, Channel 129. The name of the program for the next hour. The hour is going to fly, so everybody get a drink, get a little snack, stay here with us for the next hour. The name of the program is Your Health First, putting faith and health together for a better you. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. We are broadcasting out of Houston, Texas. And we're here on the Catholic Channel about once a month, and this is your one 
programming opportunity to take the foundation of the Catholic Church, our Catholicism, and sprinkling it in with a health and wellness message. And we'll get to that in a little bit later. But it really is an important aspect of our everyday life, our faith journey, that we really take a little bit of time, I'd like to think a lot more time than we are currently looking at the state of affairs from a health and wellness standpoint, that we do take the time to pay attention to our health, to our wellness, not only of ourselves, but the wellness of our family, our children, our grandchildren, our extended family, relatives, and community. Because when you look at the amount of chronic disease, and you've heard me talk about this before, the usual suspects, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, kidney disease, depression, all of these complications are chronic. And the research would show you that at least 80 to 85% of these chronic conditions that we are all walking around with could have been prevented. But you say, well, I could have prevented. You have to know. You have to sit down quietly and reflect. Just like your faith, you have to reflect and take inventory. But for, for now, for the next hour, we want to just try to have you connect the dots, connect the wires, and uh, make things work. To get in touch with me, Dr. Joe Galati, my website, drjoegalati.com. And it is, you know, people send me emails and there's a little confusion on, on the website. It is drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com. Once you land there, sign up for our newsletter, find out about what we are doing, our own practice and what we do with our patients and their families. Follow us on all of the social media that is there, starting with YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. You know the usual suspects. So on the program today, it is a, I would say it's a real honor to have Al Danto. Al is one of my dearest friends. He is a colleague. He is a neighbor And he and his wife, Donna, were essentially the first people that we met in 1994 when we moved from the greater New York area to Texas. And they have been part of our life, part of our faith community, our church, St. Lawrence Parish. And Al is a true medical miracle To say that it was a true test of his Catholic faith is probably an understatement. And we have all, those of you listening today, have all been tested in one form or another. But Al's story, which did not happen all that long ago, just a few months ago, is something that you want to hear. And um, um, I'm pretty sure Al is going to leave all of you with a number of take-home messages and reflections that you could easily make actionable in your own life. So Al is uh, in the wings. We don't have a green room. 
per se, but uh, he is here waiting outside the studio to, uh, to come in. All right, so drjoegalati.com is the way to get in touch with me. And when you go to the website, there is a way to send me a message. And this is radio, and it, it should not be looked at as a one-way communication. Me speaking here, transmitting over the satellite around the country to your receiver and hearing it. I want to hear back from you, drjoegalati.com. There is a link to contact us. There's a forum. You can fill it out and send me a message. All right, so if my math is right, Christmas is 10 days away. And the funny thing about, you know, so as, as many of you know, I grew up in New York. All of my education took place in New York for the most part. And um, during the holiday season, during between Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, it's cold weather. It snows. And it, it, there is something that is associated, at least for me, having grown up and spent a large part of my life in on the East Coast, that it is cold and there's frost in the air. And when you go around and see the decorations and you're visiting family and you see carolers out, you're supposed to have a hat, a scarf, and gloves. But here in Texas, this past weekend... It was almost 80 degrees, and, and, and in the near 30 years that I've been in Texas, I still cannot get used to thinking it is the middle or later part of December. We're putting up our Christmas tree. We're putting up the lights. We're going shopping, and I'm in shorts and a golf shirt, but I have to look beyond that and uh, keep with the the true message of Christmas, and so with that said, I was thinking this morning, okay, what, what, what connection do I bring with everybody regarding Christmas? And the, the age-old rhetorical question, what is the meaning of Christmas? And so we all know it's a story of Jesus's birth, the salvation that he brought to all of us. And Christmas really is a time of spiritual reflection And we have to keep that in mind on the important foundations of our Catholic faith. And it is a celebration, celebration of the birth of Jesus and our salvation. And because Christmas is about the, the birth of God's son, Jesus, it is how he came to give us love, hope, and joy. And that message really does not deviate over time. But what I would argue here, during this season and the message or the messaging of Christmas and and uh, God's Son and, and Jesus, what that all really represents to uh, us and our Catholic faith, faith uh, during the season we lose focus and it becomes very material and we are off message. We get hung up with the glitter. And so from a health and wellness standpoint, the connection, and this is where here we are on the Catholic Channel, Your Health First, bringing and putting faith and health together, okay? So it accentuates depression and loneliness. And I don't think anybody had the idea that, oh, yes, this is a joyous time, the birth of Jesus, God's Son, salvation to the world, Hey, let's throw in a hefty dose of depression and loneliness. Now, we are coming out of COVID, and 
all of this depression and loneliness has been exacerbated by COVID. And if, if you have not been following that story along with the increase in alcohol use. Now, I'm a liver specialist. Let me, let me get to that point. I take care of patients with liver disease, cirrhosis. And while every patient I see is not an alcoholic, there is a lot of alcohol-related liver disease that I see. And so through the COVID lockdown, the pandemic, and all of the uncertainty, there's been a huge uptick. And you may have read about it. I lived it every day. We were seeing the, the most unsuspected people coming in with drug and alcohol uh, problems. But for many, it is a time of despair. People are not cheerful. They're not happy. They're not joyous. They're not showing the love. And it negatively impacts on our health. As I said, increase in alcohol. People that maybe drank on a social basis, maybe on the weekends, a couple of glasses of wine with a good meal with some friends, are now having two and three and four alcoholic beverages a night or a day. And keep in mind, learning moment here, that alcohol as damaging as it can be to your liver and rest of your body, we are not just talking about vodka, whiskey, scotch, tequila. Beer, a serving of beer, bottle of beer, a glass of wine, or a shot of spirit, distilled alcohol, has exactly the same amount of alcohol, about 10 to 12 grams of alcohol. So don't think you're off the hook if you just have a few beers at night. Uh, It's all alcohol. So the negative impact on alcohol, drug use, legitimate or uh, uh, illegal drug use, prescription drug abuse, and suicide. The amount of suicide or suicide attempts in our young people because of COVID is only exacerbated. It's unmasked during the holiday season. And a lot of this gets down to isolation. There are a lot of people hurting out there. So you have to, first of all, be aware. You cannot live in your own insulated silo to say, hey, you know what? There is enough going on in the world, let alone all of this Christmas holiday stuff that I have to deal with. But I don't need to worry about anybody else. Well, I I would say maybe we do. And I would think our Catholic faith says, yes, we should, we have to worry about our neighbors and our family. So what do we do? Well, I would say take stock of your own life and your own family. Are you checking in with everybody? Now, one of the tenets that I talk about all the time in the health and wellness space is that the nuclear family is dissolving. It is disappearing. And for me, again, I'm a physician. I am not a biblical scholar. I was raised Catholic. I am a practicing Catholic. The Catholic Church has always been a big part of my life, and it still is. But the one thing I am an expert on is health and wellness. And As the nuclear family disappears, families are not together. 
They are not eating together. They are not breaking bread at the table anymore. It is a fetch-for-yourself mentality that we're not having that opportunity to check in with one another. How are your kids? Are your kids depressed? Are they isolated? Are they not taking care of themselves? So it's an opportunity to reach out and check in. So you have to start with home base. And then what about can you add people to your circle, that that sphere of influence? And can you invite others to both the proverbial table where you're breaking bread and having conversation and sharing experiences and listening to one another, but as you are celebrating the holidays, can you invite somebody over or maybe you go to them? Now, you don't have to spend a lot of money and invest in gifts and presents and all these niceties that Madison Avenue wants us to, uh, to share. But just your sheer presence, can you just bring something small over? Just bring yourself and say, hey, we are here. Let us celebrate the season together. Let us celebrate what the season is all about, the joy and the love and the hope. And reaching out because realizing there is a lot of depression and despair and loneliness out there. And do not underestimate the impact that you could have on reaching out to somebody. And, you know, so many times we look at somebody and we size them up. We say, eh, they're doing pretty good. They have a job and they have a house and they have two cars and they've got their kids. Uh, I don't need to reach out. But I'm telling you, you have to reach out beneath the surface. And then, of course, the obvious are those that are lonely. They do not have family. I, I find more and more my own patients, and a lot of my patients are very complicated. They're sick, and they are making frequent visits to the doctor. They're going for procedures. They have to go to the lab. They have to go to the pharmacy. And a lot of the time, our conversation with this, with them is just getting a simple ride to the laboratory, to Quest Lab, to get some blood work drawn. It's, it's, you know, it's an act of Congress to get them situated. And so a lot of people are on their own, and we all know who these people are, and we have to reach out. And as Matthew said, this, was a, this is a nice quote that I found, but Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. Bring these people into your circle. Bring them to the table. As the nuclear family is disintegrating and going in a hundred different directions, turn the switch like a magnet. Bring them back in. Magnetize your people to bring them into your table. And the other thing about this time of the year, and it's more, well, I, w- I would say, yes, people associate Christmas the, the, the religious aspect of, of, of Christmas, but also with New Year's and these, these New Year's resolutions and this is the year I'm going to make a big change. This is the year I'm going to eat better. This is the year I'm going to stop smoking. But it, it is a time, the holiday season, that we start thinking of health and resolutions and All the research in the world will show that most New Year's resolutions, or you could say end-of-year holiday resolutions, they are out the window 
within about four weeks. So we have to look of or look at and be introspective during this time. It is uh, many are leading a life of excess, excess food, excess alcohol. That is sort of the theme. There is a lot of alcohol abuse out there that you may see yourselves, but trust me, as a uh, liver specialist, I'm, I'm seeing it every day. There are a lot of people that are drinking out there to excess. Now, I am not part of the anti-wine lobby, but please, moderation. You're, you're, you're drinking yourself to, to bad health. And we have to take time to make a change, but they never stick. So you have to look and say, what, what is it that I can do? What should I do? And it's easy to get derailed. That, that is the assumption here. And the most important thing, and this is a message here on the Catholic Channel and the program, Your Health First, we take our health for granted, just like we take our faith for granted. And we take our health for granted until something goes wrong. You don't give an ounce of thought to your weight, to how much sleep you're getting, exercise, that touch of blood pressure that, oh, you know, you know it, but, you know, I don't feel bad. I feel okay. I don't know what the doctor's making a big deal about. Or you know that you have a touch of diabetes and your cholesterol's up. And you, you have to lead a decent day of your life every day, not just when things get bad. And very similar to our Catholic faith. You don't live to be a practicing Catholic. I don't want to say a good Catholic. I don't know what that means. But you don't want to follow the course of Jesus only when things get bad. You want to lead that Catholic life reflecting the mirror of Jesus every day, or at least as much as you can, not to ignore it. And when you get, you get pinched, you get squeezed, something bad is going down. Now, all of a sudden, there is that conversion to, to faith. Now, I'm not saying you will never be forgiven. That is a, a major tenant and the message of what Jesus said, you will be saved. And I'm, I'm not wishing anybody bad to say, no, you, you were not a good person, so, you know, you get something bad, the heck with you, you know, take the consequences. But it, it's so much easier if you are a, a, a practicing Catholic every day, just like you are practicing as being a good steward of your body every day to the best of your ability. And so if you get stricken with a condition, a disease, first of all, you could say, I tried. I ate well. I exercised. I went to the doctor. I was very mindful of my body and my health and wellness or the health and wellness of your family. And that is that 
really the blending of of your spiritual faith. Now, a, a, a revelation that one of our guests had from over the summer, there was a research article that had stated that those that were the most connected with their religion and their faith and went to church had better health. And I was I was talking with the guest and I said, why do you think this is? And his answer was probably because at when you go to church, and it really, I believe it was regular church goers, okay, that when you go to church, you have at least an hour to slow down, turn off the cell phone, whether you're actively singing and saying the prayers or you're just sitting there quiet, praying in a quiet environment, you are reflecting on your life. And maybe that reflection during that hour, and for some it is multiple hours, they're going to church multiple days of the week, you're getting to say, huh, I better slow down, or this is causing some division in my life, or I have a bad relationship with my son. Let me try to tweak it and work it. You have that time to air it out, but you have to do the same with your health. You need that time to reflect, to slow down, and faith and prayer together will lead to better health. It'll lead to a better spiritual self, but it definitely will lead to a better spiritual self. So I, I think in reflection here, what is the meaning of Christmas? Well, we, we know the story. We know the Christmas story. We've all heard it and read it before. But the key thing is this season, from a health and wellness standpoint, it accentuates depression and loneliness, and we have to address this. We can't turn a blind eye. Start with your family Extend that ring of influence to your children, your relatives, those that are closest to you, and maybe people that you really don't know well. Reach out and touch out and and bring them into your, your faith circle in a sense. The second thing is use this time of the year, whether you like it or not, a little, a little glibby and a little uh, um, popular as far as the thing to do, New Year's resolutions. Take stock in your life and your health and the reflection on that because what I would say, and I see it every day as a physician, patients that neglect themselves, when they get ill, it is a ton of bricks that falls on them and it not only makes them sick, it is so disruptive to their family. We put so much emphasis on family and our success and our livelihood that getting sick is a bummer to say the least. All right, we're going to take a break. Mr. Al Danto, my friend, is in the wings coming on. Stay tuned. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. You're tuned into the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM Channel 129. Go to drjoegalati.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati, and you're tuned in on this Thursday afternoon, a couple weeks before Christmas. 
to the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM Channel 129, the name of the program, Your Health First, putting faith and health together for a better you. And as I've been saying earlier, to get in touch with me, send me a message, communicate. I want to be a resource for the listening audience of the Catholic Channel. Go to drjoegalati.com and you could send me an email, a message, a if you need any kind of assistance, what kind of doctor to see, no matter where you are in the United States, we are here to to help you all out, drjoegalati.com. And uh, as I was saying earlier in the program, it gives me great pleasure to have a, one of my dearest friends uh, in the world, Mr. Al Danto, here in the studio with us. And... Uh, you hate to have such a close friend and colleague on the radio. That's always fun. But to talk about a medical problem is always um, a little disheartening. But for all of you listening, this is a great story regarding health and wellness. It is a great story with regard to our Catholic faith. Al, I'll leave it there. Welcome to the program, and it's uh, awesome that you're here this afternoon. Thank you, Joe. It's great to be here, and it's great that this is a story. It has a good ending. It, it it really does. So, you know, real briefly, get back how this whole story started. And it started off with your vision. And I would say for everybody listening, this is a perfect lesson of paying attention and listening to your body. What do you say, Al? Yeah, you know, Joe, actually, the... Uh the, the first signal I missed, and I didn't realize that I kind of, uh, the, the, the tumor, which we'll talk about, you know, was actually be, behind my eye, but impacted my, uh, my sense of smell as well. Right. And uh, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it. But, you know, my wife would smell something like I'd be cooking in the kitchen and burning something. And she'd go, my God, it's smoking in here. Can't? And I said, I don't smell that. Yeah. We laughed about it a little bit. And then, um, you know, but the, the vision, I started to have a little bit of blurry vision. I teach at Rice. It was December. I was grading a lot of papers. Uh, and I just started noticing the computer screen was a little more blurry. I, I was starting to miss some spots. I thought I had a blind spot, and just kind of made, made a mental note. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the eye doctor. Sure. Got an eye doctor after the first of the year, and he said it looks like you have a cataract. So I said right. okay. So they uh, set me up down to the Texas Eye Center, and I went in there, and and they said you know it looks like you have a cataract. So we're gonna take the cataract right. out. Now would you say that your um 60, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, most people say, well, I'm, I'm 50, I'm 60. Start, things start to go. I, I, I lose my hearing. I lose my smell, my vision. Did you, at the beginning, assume that this was just part of life and oh, I was going to get cataracts? Absolutely. Absolutely, Joe. And it was good to hear that. It was good to hear, hey, it's, hey look, you have a cataract. I said, it's getting real bad real quick. And they said, well, cataracts can do that and it can block your field of vision. So I made the assumption, hey, I'm going to go in and get, get this Right, what anybody would done. do, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So you had the surgery done, you woke up, and you still couldn't see. I couldn't see. see. I still couldn't see. And everyone said, you know, after cataract surgery, you're going to look up and you're going to see perfect. And I looked up and I couldn't see perfect. And I said, something's wrong. And they said, well, let's let it come back next week. Came back next week, went through a series of tests. And um, they said, well, you know, it's it's... Your your eye your eye's fine up to up to your retina or right. whatever you know you see from the front. I said something behind your eye, and we're going to recommend that you have an MRI done. Wow! Um, and not not what you expected, I'm sure. No, not at all. I mean, I not at all. And in in 40 years, I've been to the doctor for a physical, basically. Right. I've never had any serious illness or anything, so just um, not what I expected. 
And so you go for your MRI, you get the surprise, you have a brain tumor. Turns out it's a meningioma. Now, one thing, meningiomas are tumors of the lining of the brain. Now, right. in, in the strict sense of a term, it is not cancer. It's not a malignant tumor. But case in point, you can have a non-cancerous tumor really anywhere in the body and cause a lot of dysfunction. So even though this was not a malignant brain tumor, this was still a big deal for you. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, Joe, we had a mutual friend, you know, who who uh, had geoblastoma. That's brain cancer, right? Right. And, um, you know, he died from it. And, and when I saw the tumor on the MRI and the doctor called me right in the MRI center, he said, look at this. And I thought we walked out of there and, and we assumed it was shaking. brain cancer. Absolutely shaking, yeah. I'm sure. So you... Um, Got your care here in the world-famous Texas Medical Center. At Many thanks to you. Houston, well, no, no, no. Uh, Houston Methodist, leading medicine, as the, as the phrase goes. And you had two separate eight-hour surgeries. And trying to get your head around that, everybody. And I told this to you, and you laughed, and I told some of my staff here. Think about people are bulk watching their favorite season of Yellowstone or, you know, any of these shows that are about 10, 12 episodes, which is about 10 to 12 hours, you had your head open getting operated on for 16 hours. That is a big undertaking, two eight-hour surgeries. You know, I'm glad I didn't think about it that way when it happened yeah. <laughs> right after. But, you know, when when I went into this and the doctor thought we'd, I'd be in and out in four or five days, best right. case. And of course, I assume best case. Um, the tumor was big. It was already pressing against my optic nerve. That was causing the eye damage, the eye problem that I had. And the doctor said, this is going to be a very delicate surgery. He says, we, sh- we should get it all for in one pass. Hopefully we yeah. do. I came out of it, eight-hour surgery. Uh, and he said, we got 65% of it. We're, we need to keep you here in Methodist Hospital for at least seven to 10 days. Let some swelling go down. We're going to go back in and get the rest. He said, at your age, my age, I could have had a marathon session, but it really wasn't necessary. So we, we did that. And so I had uh, eight days to think about it. And, and they came back yeah. in and took out the uh, remaining 35%. The remaining part. Up, t- up to this point, because the story gets even uh, more that's, involved. That's part one. Uh, you and I, besides being across the street neighbors in, in the neighborhood, our kids played together. Our families did a lot of things together over the years. We went to church together. Uh, at St. Lawrence uh, Parish. And you're told all this news. How, how did this impact your faith, your, your, your belief in the church? And how did, how did things adjust for this early stage of this illness that you were going through? Yeah, you, you know, at first it was fear. I mean, pure fear and what do we do and the practicality of it. And then once we had things lined up, it, it was ultimate test of my faith. I honestly have to say that I put, I put um, everything. Don and I put everything, in, in, you know, in, in the hands of our of our faith, and we said we're going to get through this, and, mm-hmm. and whatever happens, it's all faith based from now. Yeah. And it, it really became. We 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 prayed, and we we prayed a lot, and we, we uh, actually went and had a prayer from the uh, the the priest, and um, he spent a good half hour, you know, really figuring talking getting to know us as people and then and then we prayed over it and uh it, it really it really meant a lot it really gave me comfort and yeah and, now you know we all 
we all pray. We pray in different ways. Right. We go to church, say the rosary, go to special prayer services. And like so many things in life, you never think you're going to be that guy that either needs these extra prayers or an entire parish is praying for you. How does that feel? You know, that's, we'll talk a little bit more about what I think got me through this, but um, we let people know, and we had prayer groups started, not just here, but around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my daughter is married to um, someone um, international, and they started to pray there, and people prayed around the world, and, and uh, to have that feeling, it gave me a lot of comfort. Uh, certainly the, the support that I felt from everybody, the prayers that I felt, um, the time that we spent uh, in church praying and right. going through this gave, gave a lot of comfort to it. Yeah. I've never had anyone praying for me like that. Yeah, and, and be kind I was of praying the for you, Al. And, <laughs> Geraldine but, no, no, no. Back no, in New true. York and everybody, you know, and, the, and, and to hear that, and to hear that when I got out and to realize what people were doing, you know, texts are one thing and emails, but you know, st- complete strangers from around the world that were praying um, for me. Yeah, and, and having all that. Yeah, I mean, it is it is something you don't expect, and when you are the recipient of this, it, it's quite moving. But before we take the break here, part two of your illness, as if going for two eight-hour brain surgeries mm. was not enough, losing your vision, sense of smell, uh, issues with potential for seizures. You go home, you get needed rehabilitation to get some strength back, and then you develop a massive pulmonary embolism, which is essentially a clot in the lungs which blocks off any blood to your lungs. And you immediately go into heart, lung, kidney, and liver failure. After you survive the brain surgery, and that creates a whole new issue did you think to yourself here we go again you know where are the prayers they i was supposed to get out of this i was supposed to do okay yeah that that that's a tough one you know i mean to be to be quite honest um it happened pretty quickly i got in the hospital quickly fortunately fortunately i listened to my body my daughter came over. She's a physical therapist, and she said, "Dad, we got to get you to the hospital right away." And I said, "No, I'm just going to stay here." I said, "Let's call Doctor Joe. I don't know what to do." You know, and, he, and she said, "No." She said, "I'm trained." For, I said, "Okay." Yeah. You know, I, I could tell looking at looking at her. We got to Methodist real quick. We got to the hospital. Um, we had a chest X-ray done and when you look up and you see four doctors huddled in the corner, you know something's not right. That's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. You know, I found and, I found a quote from. Um, Pope John Paul. And it said, let science tell us what and how. Let re- re- let religion tell us who and why. And, yeah. I, and I think for us, yes, we have the doctors, the nurses, the technology helping us. And that's sort of the what and how. But the who and the why, who's going to get saved? Yeah. Why am I going to get yeah. saved? Or why am I not going to get saved from this? I- and I think that's that's a lesson you learned oh my yeah i mean you you learn that and and um you know unfortunately it takes sometimes really getting to that to that point and again i think my faith remained strong um you know i didn't know but you know they put me on it was so bad that they put me on ecmo which will ecmo man you don't want to get on ecmo but it saved your life 
All right, Al, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, You are listening to Mr. Al Danto. I would describe him as a father, a son, a good son. You've been a good son to your folks, right? I, I, I hope, think so. I, I hope they. And they're that. listening today. I know. And uh, grandfather, neighbor, entrepreneur, teacher, uh, really has has covered it all. But you're listening to your health first, putting faith and health together for a better you. And this is a great example of what this show can share with everybody. Sirius XM Channel 129. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. City sidewalk, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati. It's it might be 80 degrees in Houston, Texas, but it is Christmas time, and uh, I haven't looked at the calendar. I haven't looked at the the map today on temperatures around the country, but I hope uh, uh, it's cooler somewhere than here in Houston, Texas. Welcome back to the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM Channel 129. The name of the program is Your Health First, putting faith and health together for a better you. The only, I, th- I believe this is the only place on radio where you have that mix of health and wellness, medical talk, and it is laced in with the Catholic Church and our spiritual beliefs. And sitting next to me here in the studio is Al Danto. We've been talking with Al for the last 20 minutes or so about his health journey, which is a miracle, a medical miracle, a personal miracle. Al, welcome back to uh, to the program. So Al, one of the tasks that the doctors gave you, and we're jumping around here a little bit on the sequence of the story, but we'll get it straight for everybody. They they asked you to do something, and you're doing it here now. What what was that task? Well, you know, I I was so appreciative of the doctors, Joe. I mean, you know, that was the tangible part that saved my life, and we'll get into the intangible part here in a little bit. But you know, I asked them what I could do, and they said we want you to share your story, share your story of what you went through, share your story of you know what we think helped get you through this, which was be, really being in good shape. I've really taken care of my body. I've, I've played ice hockey since I was six years old. Right. I've always I've always worked out and and uh, they said that and and they wanted me to share the story and it's an incredible opportunity to be here to be able to share my story because yeah. it is a combination of tangible uh, the doctors and, and intangible the spirit the prayers and everything that really got me and propelled me forward exactly you know one one message that you've said a, a number of times is that you went into this disease you were not planning on developing. Yeah. A brain tumor. You were not planning on getting COVID. You were not planning on getting a pulmonary embolism and going into heart, lung, liver, and kidney failure all in a matter of minutes. But your insurance policy was that you played hockey. You watched what you ate. I've never seen you with a cigarette in your mouth. Um, you, you've been mindful of your health. And the dividend that paid out is the reason you're here today talking to all of us. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I had a real simple philosophy. It was a, I had a certain weight that I wasn't ever going to go over. And whenever I got close to that, I just really started kind of 
batting down the hatches and working hard and really want, and I, and I never really did. Uh, and I was able to main, maintain that and stay, yeah. stay in good shape. Yeah. And it, it wasn't rocket science, but it was like when I got to that weight that I was about to go over, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to go above that. And yeah. I didn't. Yeah, and it was just mindfulness. It was mindfulness. Like you said, I, I, I'd like to think that us doctors have some special power, but it's not. It is not that tough. It's more of a, a fight with your, your own inner soul and, and your mind than, than it is really the science. Now, one other part of this story, and again, from a Catholic standpoint and a, and, and, and a prayer standpoint, is the story you told about the priest that visited you with... The rosaries and hung it on your IV bag. Yeah, that was an incredible part. You know, I had a lot of volunteers from the hospital that brought me communion. Uh, I had a I had a priest, uh, Father Desmond, who stopped by, and I was actually under. You know, I was on life support. I was yeah. on life support for thirteen days. Yeah, and he stopped by and he hung a rosary on my IV and he said a prayer. And uh, when I came out, uh, and the lowest point of the entire journey, mm-hmm. 65 days in the hospital, 13 days on uh, life support, was when I was about to get let out. And I knew I was going to get let out. I was still in kidney failure. My kidneys weren't working. And uh, and you were on dialysis. I was on dialysis in the hospital. Um, and I had a, a, a friend of mine, Mark Winchester, come by with his wife. And I had fallen asleep. And I, I kind of woke up and yeah. I looked up and it was dark it was, it was in the evening and, and mark stopped by and his uh, wife was holding on to the rosary and she said uh, un milagro in spanish it means a miracle and i said well i need one more miracle i said uh, tomorrow they're going to take me off of kidney dialysis and they're going to try and shock my um my kidneys back to working uh, i wasn't able to urinate on my own and i had to go through dialysis to to remove mm-hmm. everything your kidneys would filter um I don't need to tell you that. You're a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you understand that. But I am maybe. a real doctor. Thank you, Al. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyways, uh, we, we held hands. She held the rosary, and we said a prayer. And she said, you're going to be fine tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I cried. Yeah. We all cried. And the next day, they took me off dialysis. They gave me some uh, a drug, and... Um, I started to urinate a little bit, yeah. and and my happy uh, days. Happy, who who <laughs> never know, thought these are the little things. All in I want life. for Christmas. <laughs> all, all I want for Christmas is uh, urine, and yeah. and you got it. Yeah, I got it. You know, and and the doctors they celebrated. They came in, and he said, "Look, you're not out of the woods." And my creatinine level, I guess normal is about one point three at the high uh-huh, end. Sure, and and I was like seven, seven and a half. You know, six times. You know, the the the, the high range, and uh, he said, "You know, they they they're flattening out." They started going down. They started going down more. And he says, we're not going to put you back on dialysis. He said, we're going to discharge you and, and without permanent dialysis. Yeah. And from that point on, all the prayers and momentum, you know, I'd lost 35 pounds. I couldn't walk. But the rest became up to me and became up to the tailwinds that I think I had right. got from the doctors and the prayers and everything. And that was the low point. And I never looked back. Yeah, low point, but really the beginning. It was the beginning. You you were starting at the bottom of the the mountain, in a sense. That's when that's when rehab started, and I got discharged, and I started an eight week rehab program. And they said we need to set some goals, some realistic goals. You may not be able to do the things you did before. And I said no. I said I'm going to get back in a classroom. I'm going to get back on the ice rink. I've got a grandson. I like to spend time in East Texas on my tractor. I like my friends. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it takes. And they said, it's up to you now. You know, the doctors did everything they can. 
It's up to the prayers, and it's up to the momentum that you've built, and now it's up to you. Right. And I said, October 22nd, I'm going to be back in the classroom at Rice. And um, they said, that's only right now, you know, that's that's less than the time you're supposed to be out of here. So well, I'm right. supposed to be out of here in eight weeks, and that's about the time. Right. And uh, I worked hard. I mean, I got up at 9 o'clock, went, went in, uh, got in the, the facility at 9 o'clock, and did rehab. And the physical therapist, occupational therapist, picked it kind of up at that point. And, um, and we worked hard and, um, and got back. And I was discharged. Uh, I graduated early. At six weeks, they said, man, you know, you're, 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 you're gaining. They kicked you out of rehab. And October 22nd, I stepped back in the classroom and I told the class, this was, I said, you guys can't wait to get out of here. I couldn't wait to get back in here. Yeah. And, you know, you know, with all, with all that you have been through and it, it is absolutely remarkable. Tell us now. So fast forward a few more weeks, you are back teaching you uh you know seeing you here uh you, you we some of my staff uh saw you coming in today and they they wouldn't have recognized you as that guy that was on life support on that ecmo heart lung machine what what part of the prayers do you feel is is filling your sail to to just push you forward to to accomplish everything you want to you know, number number one is gratitude. Certainly gratitude to the to the doctors. Certainly gratitude to everyone that prayed for me, everyone that supported me, every text, every email, every phone call that I got, every every visit that I got meant so much. And it, it did. I think that's a great analogy. It was kinda yeah. like a sail. It's propelled me forward to move forward to do the things. And you know, the doctor said he said, you know, your your work on earth isn't done. And I'm in a position where I can impact people. You know, I I, right. I, I teach at a college um, yeah. and I, I teach Rice on, University. You know, at number one entrepreneurship program in the in the country, yes, I'll, I'll add that little plug. Yes, but um, you know, so we we get I get to influence. And today I had I had a lunch with one of my former students uh, who graduated and has an incredible technology, incredible startup company, and he came back to me for some advice and what should I do and and that type of thing. He's doing great, and to see that um, and realize the ripple effect, you know that 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 I'm able to have because of what other people had on me. You, you know, Al, you, you're, you're saying something here that I, I talk about a lot. And, and sometimes we all have trouble articulating exactly what's in our heart. So here I am, have a microphone in front of me a lot of the time, and I'm able to try and articulate. But sometimes it, it doesn't all come out. But for me for you and for so many people out there you do have a mission here on earth to help your family and really you have a much more global presence with with your reach okay let's you've worked hard at that and you have a big audience let's say other people their audience is not any further than their kitchen table or their children, their grandchildren. So, but that's okay. But I always talk about the preservation of your health and your wellness and your well-being has to be as important so that you can continue the work we were put on earth here for. You, you cannot take that for granted to say, well, oh, sure, I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great 
coworker, teacher, coach, whatever it is. But if you neglect your body and that gets all discombobulated, you really become, in a sense, and don't, for those listening today, do not take this the wrong way, you're basically good for nothing, in a sense. So Al, you, you know me well enough, maybe reassemble what I just said and, and say it in your way. I'll say it in my way, being, and I agree 100%. And you know, the only time that I wasn't able to influence my family and influence the areas that I can influence was when I was sick. Yeah, when you were and laid up and when paralyzed. I was, when I was laid up, and it, it does start with your body. That's your foundation. You know, that's what you have to, to work with while we're on earth, you know, which is a whole nother subject. Right. right? Because it doesn't stop when, when our bodies end here on yeah. earth. But while we're here, you have to take care of your body. You have to stay in good shape, and you may not have something that tests it like me, right? But, um, but certainly, and you know, I, I, I teach a, a subject at school, and you know, about eighty percent of all plane crashes come back to pilot error. It, it's weather. It's mechanical uh-huh. failure. It's 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 something. And I think when it comes to health and your health decision, it comes back to you. Yeah, you make well, those decisions. You say eighty percent of plane crashes. 85% of chronic illness, chronic disease, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, kidney disease, it is within our realm to intervene and prevent it or turn it around. Yeah. You know, I had no idea that you had that in your right, but I mean, it, it, it really, it really, I think it does. I mean, as, as we look at things, and again, I'm not a medical professional, but you know, I, I teach. You hang business. around? I hang around enough. <laughs> I stayed at Holiday yeah, and Express yeah. last night. But, um, you know, to know that we control a lot more than we think we control. And that's a message that I leave with all my students. Is I said, look, you're making decisions and these decisions have impact on the businesses you run and the career choices that you make. And I think health health is the same way. We have we those decisions that we make, um, you know, to work out, not work out, to walk, not walk. And I started out by walking two hundred feet in six minutes. That was my first workout. Right. And before that I was ten steps. But you know, no matter what you can do, I think you have to get up and you have to do it. And uh, and then each day gets a little bit better and a right. little bit better, and you're making an improvement. But it starts there. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, without a doubt. Now, Al, for, for those that are tuning in today on the Catholic Channel, that they are facing one of a hundred different crises in their life, be it a health crisis, an emotional crisis, a financial crisis, a relationship crisis— what have you gleaned from your crisis? And what, and what do you tell them? What do you tell them that maybe is a little different than what, you know, you get on Google? <laughs> well, I, I would say, first of all, you know, I did the WebMD and all that stuff. And, and man, I was going to dive everything, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's to, no matter what you're having, if it's financial, if it's, you know, when I talk about entrepreneurship, it's to get someone that's been down that road before. Get your place in the hands of someone that understands what, it, you know, and it can be nutrition, it can be financial planning, it can be counseling, right, right to what you're going through. Uh, and, and that really helps when you're in the hands of, of somebody good. Um, and then there's a point what we can control and what we can't control. And when you hit that point where it's something that you, you, you can't control, it's faith. It's certainly faith. It's certainly prayer. Right. And another thing is time. 
you know, I'm a very, by nature, probably an impatient person, and I wanted to be up and going. And I learned over time that time solves things. And what bothered me six months ago and six weeks ago is, is not now. And time, you, we get through it. Yeah, we get through it all. Yeah, it really, it, you know, there's a, a, a saying that I use a lot. My friend Chuck Garcia, I think you've met Chuck yeah. before. He was the first one that turned me on to this. And he does a lot of mountaineering and, and climbing. And he said, when you are heading out for the summit, and the summit may be a goal, and you talked about the goals you wanted, there's three things. You set your sight on the goal. You realize you could only get there up the mountain, one step at a time, and you can't do it alone. Exactly. And you have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. And that that's what this is all about. In the last minute or so, tell us about your dear wife, Donna. How is she doing? She she had a bear a lot. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough. And I mean... Uh, one of my doctors said it uh, very well. We saw him after uh, I was through, and it was a, th- a three-month follow-up, and I thanked him. And he said, look, you and I each did 5%. That woman right there did 90%. And that's what it is. And I think it's so much harder. You know, Every, every night I went to sleep uh, in the hospital, and every night she went home and had to worry. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, the what the caregivers and the support and, and what they're going through, I think, is probably you know it's it's harder than times that the patient's going through but her support and she did one thing her and my daughter uh you know they prayed a lot Mm -hmm. they went to church and and they prayed and she said that's all i could do i coun't do anything else yeah i couldn't tell the doctors what i I know she wanted she wanted to yes (laughs) and she probably did do a few of them and i wanted you know i knew she wanted to tell the nurse but she couldn't do anything and you know that's that's that i think the ultimate test of your faith is probably when you're things are out of your control yeah just give it that's up all, to the lord that's all you can do all right well al um two things thank you for coming in yeah. this afternoon and and sharing your story i know it, it's a wonderful story that needs to be told and number two uh for sharing with the the audience on the catholic channel here today to if we just impact one person mission accomplished yeah. we did our job that was your christmas gift absolutely so, al thank you Thank you, Dr. Joe. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this installment of Your Health First, putting faith and health together for a better you. I'm Dr. Joe Galati, and please send me or please reach out to me if I could be of any help. Just go to drjoegalati.com. That's our website. Sign up for our newsletter. Stay in touch with us. And I want to leave you with another quote from Pope John Paul. And he said, I plead with you, never, ever give up on hope, never doubt, never tire, and never become discouraged. Be not afraid. And I think that is the story of what Al just shared with you, the story of Christmas. I do hope that all of you have a wonderful Christmas with your family and your loved ones. And we will see you in 2023. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.